0: bring up the fact that you know people get Memorial Day and Veterans Day confused a lot and um, Memorial Day is for the dead the people who laid down their lives um, on the battlefield uh, for our country and um, I know we we got a marine in the in the crowd I see an airman and got a soldier and um, all of us have uh, been in close proximity surely to uh, someone who's lost their life for our country and so Today, we definitely want to remember those families. That's not where my message is, but I couldn't preach that message this morning. I was, I was thinking about it, but I, like right now, I'm getting a little emotional, so maybe I need to move on. Um, dear Lord, Heavenly Father, I'm just asking that you would let me be the vessel this morning, Lord, and not operate in my power, but in your power of the Holy Spirit, Lord God. And I want to raise up your word this morning. Let it be something that the people need to hear, Lord God. and I just do this all in your name, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Um, I'll let you go ahead and turn uh, to, uh, to my text. I'm going to be in Matthew 22, 34 through 40, and then in Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Matthew, we're going to start at Matthew
1: 22,
0: 34 through 40. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees and the Pharisees together, one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with questions. "Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law?" Jesus replied, "Love thy God, Love thy Lord with Love thy Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest <clears throat> commandment. The second is like it." Love thy neighbor as thyself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. You know, Jesus kind of turned it on its head. It was very law-based and what to do and what not to do, but, you know, Jesus had a different way of looking at things. And, And I really believe if we just focus on those two things in our life, to love God and love our neighbor as ourselves, we will keep the commandments. We will keep the law the best that we can because it's an inherent thing that whenever you're following Jesus and you love him that you want to emulate him and be like him
1: amen Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: you know I've been thinking all week and I've been praying about it all week about the Great Commission of the church and um, which is over in Matthew 28 and uh, you know Jesus could have sent out hundreds of people he could but he picked 12 12 people to reach the entire world that shows a powerful transformational power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. That he picked 12 flawed fishermen Amen. to reach the world. We're going to start in Matthew 28, 16. Then the 11 disciples, because we remember one disciple to portray Jesus, right? Right. right? I think it's kind of, kind of uh, I like the fact that Matthew mentioned that. You know, he didn't have to say that. He could have just said the disciples. But he made sure that we remember that Jesus was betrayed, crucified by Judas. And he went to Galilee to a mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When he saw them, they worshipped him, but some doubted. How many of us still have some doubt in our heart today? These are men that walked with Jesus. These are men that saw Jesus crucified and then saw the risen Christ and doubted. Amen? And like, And we think about some doubt in our heart today. When Jesus came and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, um, I'm going to take most of my text uh, from uh, starting in verse 18. And, you know, we think about going, and going's a definitely a command. This was not something that was an option. This was not something that Jesus said, if you have the gift of evangelism, go. This isn't something where Jesus said, if you're good at speaking to people, or, I'm, or you're comfortable with going out in the community and meeting everybody, go. No, no, no. Amen. Jesus said, go. <clears throat> Let the Holy Spirit be your empowerment. Mm-hmm. And I think we get confused on that sometimes. And, and, and. A lot of times there's that top down ministry. Luckily, ours is not that. So, a lot of times when I speak, I'm going to be speaking to the body of Christ, not just our church. But um, I think uh, this is a good thing in our church that ministry is done by everybody. Right. Everybody here does ministry and does ministry Amen. in the community. Not all churches are that way. You remember the old style church where you had the pastor and, hey, we pay you. We pay you to go out there and do the ministry. And then they just come watch a show on Sunday. That's a dangerous ground to be to be in in a church. Amen? Amen. Therefore, go and make disciples. When you think about going, it, I know before I've really studied and, and really had wise counsel for some of these men in this church and years ago, I thought about going meant, well, I've got to go to Africa. i got to go to you know, some faraway land. That's not what it means. You know, if you, if you look back and luckily, you know, Sheldon's um, very versed in the Greek and can help me. And, and I called him this week for some advice on it and because i would read it and I wanna make sure I got it right. <laughs> and uh, you know, the Greek says, as you're going. That's a totally different implication than go, right? Mm-hmm. As you're going. Some people, well, I don't have time. To, you go to the grocery store, don't you? Mm-hmm. You go to the ball games, and, right? as you 're going through life, try to make disciples actually it didn't say try it says make disciples right. let's get let me, let me correct myself right there and and, and um, you know we think of the church sometimes as a place to come and watch a show or or uh, you know I heard a really good reference yesterday. we went to a, a leadership conference over at Arise church and there was an apostle from out of town that came in and spoke and he was really good and um He said, you know, we think of the church sometimes as a cruise ship. Everybody comes and sits on it. But the church is supposed to be a battleship. You know, and and it just got me fired up when I heard that. I said, said, you know, we think of it as a Greyhound bus, but it's not. It should be a tank, right? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: A glider plane, we should be a stealth bomber. We weren't called to sit back and wait for people to come through these doors to see us. We're supposed to go to them. And I think a lot of times we get comfortable (laughs) Week after week, we get set in our ways. We get busy. I know all of us have things going on. You work. Some of you work two jobs. Some of you are going to school. Some of you coach. You get busy. Your heart is where your priorities are. God is supposed to be your number one priority in life. Amen. So if you have anything that's a choice to do that you're putting before the kingdom of God, it's an idol. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to tell you today it is. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I've had to look, look in my life and say, what are those things that I'm making a choice to do that I can be doing something for God? That's a hard thing when you got to look in the mirror and look at that. And you say, well, you know what? I spent X amount of time watching TV this week. Now, I'm not saying TV inherently is bad. But are you prioritizing going out? Are you prioritizing reaching people, reaching the lost? You know, it doesn't take you any time to pick up the phone and call somebody. Send them a text. Let them know you're thinking about them. It makes all the difference in the world to somebody's week you know um i think about you know when the holy spirit you know i I text a bunch of you guys and call a bunch of you guys and um that's not me that's calling you guys i want you to know that patrick that wasn't me that was calling you the holy spirit put you on my heart that week and said you were going through something that you were going through a difficult time and so when we learn to listen to that be quiet be close to god and when he prompts you to do something to do it he'll talk to you more He'll speak to you more. Because you know why? He knows when he tells you something, you're going to do it. He's not wasting his time. Amen? Amen? I know a lot of times, you know, uh, God, the the, uh, the judgment of retreat, when God retreats from you is a, a dangerous place to be. But I believe that. I believe sometimes God goes, okay, here, okay, do it your way. Do it your power. See how that goes. In my experience, um, Anytime God's hand was removed off my life, things went to chaos. Mm -hmm. Amen?
1: Amen.
0: When we think about the mission field, where is the mission field? Where is your mission field? You know, I've been thinking about something you told me, um, uh, Andrew, a couple of weeks. I've been thinking about it, and I don't know why. I know why now, because in this message. But since you said it, it's been resonating with me. And um, Andrew said, you know, I I, I try to reach these people, and I try to witness to them, and and Andrew's an engineer, if you don't know. So he's educated. He works in a professional environment. He's like, these people are hard to reach. They all have good careers. Their lives are going great. They got a house, nice car, family. What do they need God for? That is a tough mission field to be on, brother. Luckily, I get some of the low-hanging fruit. <laughs> but, but, but I'm just telling you, God's uniquely placed you there because he believes you can reach them. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't that's why he put you there and uh that just really touched my heart because i thought to myself he's trying but he's getting discouraged you need to be encouraged brother and we need to be praying for that brother and where he's at and we need to be praying for this brother when he's out on the the ball fields and this sister right here when they have all these children under their control and shaping their lives and living a godly example praise god for that you know um my, I hate to bring up a whole bunch of people my, my brother Ty here is here with his wife and um you know um, what you guys are doing you guys blow me away I'm so impressed with that couple and what they do for the Lord you know Ty was called into the ministry he wanted to go pastor a church God said I want you to do this outside of your comfort zone Outside of what you thought were your, out are outside. It is outside of your ability. Amen. Amen. But in His ability, it all is possible.
1: Amen. If you don't know,
0: their their house parents at the boys' farm, and and their parents to all these, and they're not they're not foster parents. They're parents, right? right. Those guys are your parents, aren't they? Yeah. Praise God. I just want to thank you guys for what you do. Their mission field is a tough mission field to be on. You know, my mission field sometimes is an easy one. Um, because I can speak to people that have been through some real tough things, so they're already almost at the breaking point. So I really had to really re-reflect and the way I thought about everybody else and their mission, because not everybody's mission field is is so easy sometimes. Not everybody's at the breaking point. Some people you got to work on for a while, right? Some, Some people need to see a godly life lived out. You know, I was thinking about Brother Mike, and you know, Brother Michael has a state job. You think he could be on his state job talking about Jesus? But you know what he can do? At lunchtime, he can open that Bible. Yes,
1: he can. Yeah.
0: And he does every day. And he eats his lunch and opens that Bible. Don't, and, and just that alone is an example of who he is. And then the way he lives his life and the way he, he um, directs people at that job, shows people, this is what I am. Amen? Amen. Yeah. When you go places where they know who you are, you know, when you go to wherever, when you go to your job, do they know you're a Christian? Would they be surprised that you're a Christian? I think some of them would, right? You know, uh, that commandment of Jesus, that was the last commandment that Jesus gave. Was to go make disciples, baptizing, teaching. That should be the first priority of the church. You know, we put a lot of emphasis on the last thing somebody said. Somebody's last will and testament is good way after they're gone, right? Mm-hmm. No matter what you say. I want to divide it. That last will and testament was the last thing that person said, and that's what we're going to go with. It's legally binding. Amen? Mm-hmm. That should be the first priority of this church, and it is, I believe. It should be the first church priority of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. But we get mixed up segmenting off, denominations, and we think, well, this one worships this way or this one worships this way. You know what? we got to reach across that. we got to build bridges. And the only way to build bridges is for you to be the one to go build them. Yep. Amen. Amen. Go extend your hand. <coughs> go attend somewhere or some meeting somewhere else where you get to meet other pastors or where you get to meet other leaders. And you'd be surprised you'd find kingdom-minded people, no matter where you go. Yep. That's right. Baptist churches, Presbyterian churches, everywhere. We used to work with the Catholics, used to help us all, all a lot downtown, didn't they, Pastor? The Jews. So we got to reach across that and find kingdom-minded people that want to reach the lost. Amen. Whether that's through feeding the homeless or whether that's through out, whatever kind of outreach it is, whether it's going door to door. If nobody in your church wants to do it, be the one who does it. Amen. If nobody in your church wants to go with you, go somewhere else and get some other people. Amen? Amen. You'll you'll be surprised. If you start leading, people will follow. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I was thinking about how disciples are made. Because disciples are made, you know, um, a believer, someone who's a child of God is born. Born again. That's different than a disciple. A disciple's made. A disciple's made by pouring time, and information, and, and knowledge, and showing them a heart for God, a godly life, and truth. It's got to be based in truth. Um, I've been really blessed, and, and I've had men minister to me and disciple me in different ways. And if you don't have many, many people, if you're, if you're a woman, you need to have some godly women that are older and walking longer than you, that you spend time with every week. If you're a man you need to have multiple people that you can call and they can call you and you can meet with and have lunch with that's gonna point you in the right direction that's gonna see things in your blind spot because you can't see everything you don't know where it's coming from but a lot of times if you get somebody who's really tuned in with you like I, I, I like just I'm a, me and Ty we meet and, and, and we just have a great time in the Lord and um, he's got the same kind of heart I do for God and and we, we meet once every week or two or three weeks sometimes, but we, we really make it effort. When we can't make it, both of us mourn it. I can hear it in his voice. I can hear it in my voice. Like, oh, we got to reschedule for next week. And you know what? He has the ability to speak into my life. And I, I ask him questions. I'm like, hey, bro, what do you think about this? And he gives me an honest answer. Sometimes I don't like it. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Amen? You need to have those people that you trust in your life that's going to be able to speak into it. You know. Pastor Kerry, I came here um, about five, six years ago, um, and I was a new believer, um, went through a whole bunch of trouble and and trials and things that I got myself into, and um, the love of God reached down his hand and changed my life. But I was changed and converted, but I didn't know how to live. I had no clue how to live a Christian life. Even though I grew up in a Christian home, my grandfather was a Baptist minister, I knew that that, ver- that was not for me. His way of doing it was not for me. His, the godly part was, but the way he, I, it wasn't for me. And I met Carrie, and I met someone who was willing to show his vulnerability and, and give of himself to other people in a way that I'd never seen anybody give. I'd never seen anybody as selfless that would give his time, his energy, his money, his his sanity sometimes. I've seen him so frazzled and I'm just like, why does this guy keep doing this? I know why now, brother, amen? I know why, so thank you for that, you know? And brother Mike here, this brother for years, every Tuesday night would come out to a place in the ministry and and, uh, uh, the ministry ran drug and alcohol years ago and he would go out there and minister Every Tuesday night for how many years, Mike? Bunch. Ten years. Let's say ten. Brother Mike came beside me and became my friend. One of my mentors. Somebody I could look to and say, This is somebody I want to be like. This is somebody who's been through a whole bunch of things in his life and will relate to me on a friend level and rebuke me when I need it, but pour life into me constantly. So, two different ways. Two different men. And then Brother Sheldon right here, he, he um, luckily his children invited me to start coming to the games, but through coming to those games and watching how Cassie and Sheldon interact with their children and love their children, disciple me in a different way. Mm-hmm. It did. Because I'm going to tell you something, if you haven't seen these two really interact with their children, it's a beautiful thing.
1: It, it, it really,
0: and I'm glad we don't see it home, amen? Yeah. <laughs> but 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 that did a lot for me because I went out and I saw what it's like to be a um, and I was a good parent but I wasn't a godly parent now I'm a godly parent and I didn't know how to be a godly parent until I watched Godly parents amen. amen I watched how they treated each other I watched how they interacted with each other in public <laughs> uh, but I did I watched how their children respected them. listen to them it was amazing what the profound impact that these three people had on my life sitting right here in this room. So I'm telling you, if you got some people that are reaching out to you, and you'll, you'll know who they are, because God will send special people in your life, and they just won't leave you alone.
1: <laughs>
0: you're like, man, this guy's gonna aggravate me to death. I think I aggravated Tyler to death to start with, because I said, man, God's telling me, and at first he's just like, oh, and I I, I said, no, nah, brother, no, nah, I'm telling you. And then he told me, he said, man, I was like, this guy's gonna bug me to death till I hang out with him. <laughs> Amen.
1: Uh-huh. You're welcome.
0: Uh, I love you too, man So if God's putting those people in your life I would say, open up your eyes See who they are Spend time with them and find out what God's trying to tell you Because He's trying to tell you something You're missing something in your life That they have that you need Amen? Amen You know There's a difference between Taking somebody and breaking them down than imparting truth, love, and information in them without killing who they are. Come on, you
1: know?
0: And that was the difference I found between these people. They let me be me, yeah. but they imparted truth, mm-hmm. they imparted wisdom, and imparted love to me. Good. Hey, Good. I, you know, that, that's the model that I couldn't, that I had to get away from. That you're going to be this, and you're this, and point your finger, and you can't be you anymore. No, be you. God made you uniquely you for a reason.
1: Because
0: there's somebody out there that maybe nobody else can reach but you and God. Amen. Right? I'm telling you, brother, something's gonna happen at that work because it's been on my heart for three weeks. I've been praying about that. I have. I have. It's just been on my heart. And then, you know, we go to baptism, and that's something we've kind of lost in the church today a little bit, right? You don't hear a lot about baptism. Uh, I do know across town they're doing a big baptism today. and um, That's a blessing because, you know, baptism represents the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. That's exactly what it means. And you know, to have an outward act of faith, it's not, I don't believe baptism uh, changes salvation. I think if you're saved, you're saved, amen? Amen. But that baptism is to show the world that I'm not that person anymore. And when you get emerged, you're in the tomb with Christ. And when you rise again, you're supposed to rise a new person in this world, amen? Amen. You know, I was thinking about, about that, that baptism, and I... When you when you emerge, it does mean you you know you rose from Christ, but it means there's going to be another resurrection one day.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now we're all doing this in vain if this didn't happen, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know how I know you know I know because I know some of you young guys back there, but you know how I know for a fact that Jesus Christ walked this earth and He's the Son of God for a fact because of what He did in my life. It's Hallelujah. a fact. Amen. Amen. He took someone who was not the man you see today. Far from it. Yep and changed my heart in an instant. Now, was I perfect? No, but my heart was changed. So once the heart change happens, that's when the life changes can start. And it's a process that keeps going until the day you die. Sanctification, amen? Another way, you know, I was thinking about you, brother brother Paul. Uh, He was in law enforcement in the military, our enemy. MPs, (laughs) who comes and gets you when you've been drinking and driving. Um, If you were doing an investigation and somebody had an eyewitness statement and it told you places, it told you numbers, and it was corroborated by other people in written form, you would use that as evidence in court, wouldn't you? Absolutely. So just on, a, on a, a logical side, if you look at any historical document, that's how they're proved. You say, hey, wait a minute. Are these places that are mentioned, are these real places? Not only that, but they're mentioning things and leaders that are going on in that time. Pontius Pilate. Some of these other leaders, it was there in the time of Jesus. Was that Were, that, were they really there? We can prove that in other records. Amen. 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 And we do know something special happened on that third day. Mm -hmm. Something special happened. Our Lord rose from that grave. And that's why I'm standing here today because I'm gonna tell you something. I was headed for death and destruction. Brother Mike said something about the power of prayer. Can you say that again? what did you say about the five hours? Five five minutes of prayer is better than Five. five hours of labor. (laughs) Years of labor. <laughs> five years later let me tell you how true that is and, and 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 going back to the the finding that godly man in your life before I was saved I thought I was saved I, I had a profession of faith when I was a child I was baptized you couldn't have told me I wasn't saved
1: yeah.
0: I was not saved Free. I didn't have a heart change I didn't surrender my life things changed when I surrendered but I, I had this man in my life when I was growing up his name is preacher John Griffin and um, he had been in my life my whole entire life he was a Methodist preacher he had a PhD from Duke he was brilliant and he was in his little country town he was a little country uh, uh, preacher and, and he was a spiritual giant an intellectual giant just one of those people when you're around him all you knew is you want to be close to him and I don't believe in, in feelings I know feelings can deceive you but when that brother put his hands on you and prayed you felt it and I mean I knew that before I was a believer I was like man I want to be beside him when he prays because whatever's going on in him, I can feel the presence of God on him. Amen? Let me tell you how powerful being tuned in or having somebody is tuned into your frequency means. Um, when, I, when I left combat, I, uh, I was injured and, and I had severe PTSD. Um, I had real trouble. I, but By this time, I had to move back home with my dad after being in the military. I mean, it just got, My life was unmanageable. And um, I would wake up, whether it was 2 o'clock, three o'clock, twelve o'clock. Whatever time that was that I woke up with nightmares, I never went back to sleep. So some mornings I'd get to four and I'm like, thank you. You know, made it till four. So I got four or five hours sleep. But I'd wake up sweating and I couldn't go back to sleep and shaking and, and just reliving things. And um one night I'll never forget this. And uh, my dad lived here, preacher John lived two houses down. And I woke up and it was two twelve in the morning. And I just was I was in a bad shape. And I turned on my light, went to my bathroom, turned on my light. And I remember I was on the sink, and I was splashing water in my face, and I was shaking, and I was like, I'm all right, I'm all right. I never went back to sleep and, uh, before. And then I went back in my room and just laid down. I woke up, it was morning. Next day, Preacher John came over. And he goes, son, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm fine, Preacher. He goes, because God woke me up at 2.12 in the morning last night and told me you were in trouble. And he goes, I didn't even get out of bed. I rolled out of my bed and got on my knees, and I prayed for you, and I prayed for you, and I prayed for you. Amen? Amen.
1: Amen.
0: He goes, once I got done praying, I got up, and I looked out, and your lights were on, and I saw your bathroom light cut out. And he goes, I waited a little bit longer, and your bedroom light cut out. Amen? Yeah. Do you know, I've ne- now, I'm have i not saying I will have a bad dream from time to time, but I've never not went back to sleep since. Amen. That's the power of prayer. Amen? Amen. Amen. Like, Amen. You need those spiritual giants in your life. You need those people who are tuned into your frequency that know when something's wrong in your life and pray for you. You know, my grandmother was a pastor's wife and the matriarch of my family, and, and um, she's been bedridden for five years. And every time I go to see her, she's like, God, I just gotta take me home. I just gotta take me home and I started thinking. I went and saw Joe, and I told Joe that God still got a purpose for you. Joe's in jail, facing about a bunch of years. And I said, "You got a purpose for you." He he's like, "Oh." And then I thought about it. I thought about my grandmother. I said, "God's got a purpose for her too. She wouldn't be here." That's right. And I said, "I said, Granny, you, know, you still pray, don't you?" She goes, "I pray forty times a day." And I said, "That's your purpose." I said, "Because there's nobody in the family that stepped up to be a prayer warrior for this family, and God's keeping you in place." Amen. Amen. Yes. I don't know where I'd be without those prayers, those coverings. Amen. And she can be dead and gone. I think those prayers still cover you. I don't think God ever forgets, you know. I think those prayers are still out there. And we're going to go on to teach. You know, when we think about teach, we think about transference of information from me to you. But that's not really what it means. It does mean that. It means teach truth. But it don't mean sit down and just pop pu- pop pu- pop pu- pop. Pu- you can't that's not how you get to somebody. Teach means spending time with them, showing what a godly man or woman looks like in the community, showing showing them that you can have a good time without X Y and Z. Come on. Amen. 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 I'm going to tell you something. Some of you guys like you know, I lived a, I lived a hellion life for many years. Um And all that stuff that I thought I was having fun, I didn't even know what fun was. (laughs) I had no idea. I can have more fun sitting on my porch watching my daughter swing and watching my niece swing than I can anything I about ever did. Like there's so much contentment and peace in having Christ in your life. Amen. You know, I'm going to read something. You don't have to turn there, but um, God just put this on me like, 30 minutes before I, I uh, got up here so it's not well thought out but God just said say it and so I'm gonna say it and it's 2nd Timothy 4 2 through 3 it says preach the word be prepared in season mm-hmm. now a lot of times we prepared in season right we are cuz it's the season right It's fall season we're ready to go but then it says and out of season yep. Yep. that means all the time because mm-hmm. you don't know never know when the enemy's coming you can't take a day off. It says correct, rebuke, and encourage, with great patience and careful instruction. Yeah. And I said, what well, says a lot about about teaching.
1: Yeah.
0: It does." Um, and you know, me and brother Mike were having a really good discussion before. I said, "You know, you can't just go and correct and rebuke somebody, but if you encourage them, and encourage them, and encourage them, and encourage them." When you do, when it's time to rebuke, they receive it with love. Okay. Because they know you care. That's right. yeah. They're not like set, it, it looks judgmental when it comes off. You shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be doing that. And I'm not saying people shouldn't be corrected. <coughs> but it's the job of the Holy Spirit to convict.
1: Yes, sir.
0: Not you. Okay. It's, it's good to point out sometimes when you see somebody going down the wrong road, though. Yep. Amen? Amen. Right. Right. When we're called i, I like the, the the use when god says we're the salt of the earth um, and this is a little bit off topic but but i, I think you know when i think salt i think purifier disinfector right are we doing that in the community Would people think we're the salt the cleanser the flavor would they think that about you You not know, I, I watched this this uh show the other night I get caught up in some of these shows especially if it's real stuff reality stuff not super but you know what I mean this was like this guy and he needed a heart transplant and he was on this list waiting and waiting and waiting it's this whole story his life was over he's only fifty three and he was in the hospital by this point it didn't start out that way but progressively got where he had to just be you know artificial heart pumping him and and he ended up getting a heart was from a 32 year old man and they showed this guy from the time he got this heart and then he showed him through his recovery and and this guy said you know what i ain't gonna waste this heart this guy became a marathon runner with that heart he had that new heart he had a new spirit he had a new will to live he said man this is a young man's heart amen I say to you, you should have the heart of Christ. You should have a new heart. You should be willing to run the marathon and able to run the marathon. Amen? Amen. The most profound thing was is the parents of the young man came to visit him. They came to one of his marathons. And the dad had brought a Thessoscope. Yeah. And he said, can I please just hear my son's heart? And this guy is sitting there, and his father is weeping listening in this son's heart inside his pen's chest. I ask you, if the father put his head to your chest, would he hear his son's heart? Just something to think about. It just really touched me. We should have a new heart. We should have the heartbeat of Christ. And we're all flawed. You know, we got in a real good debate the other night about repentance. I was at a class. Brother Kerry um, taught. and This guy gentleman got very upset. I'm saved. There ain't no need to repent. I've already repented. I'm saved. If you're not in daily repentance, brother, <laughs> your pipes are clogged. huh? You need to pour some Drano down on them. I, I, if you're not repenting, I believe that you're blocking communication through the Holy Spirit. If you're not saying, God, this is wrong what I've done. I know I'm ultimately forgiven and that's fine ultimate forgiveness salvation forgiveness but there's a relational forgiveness and we need to remember that relational forgiveness with others when people were trying to disciple sometimes we'll get it wrong mm-hmm. right I've got it wrong a bunch of times I had to go to some brother said man I'm sorry man you know um, and because I cared about him usually it made it all right if you come to somebody with a genuine spirit.
1: Amen.
0: A genuine love for other human beings.
1: Right.
0: I heard somebody the other day, this man, me and Sheldon went to a conference this past week, and this guy said, man, I was just weeping and crying and praying for the loss last night. I said, wow, when was the last time you even thought about the loss? I mean, it was just powerful, because when he said it, I knew he meant it. You can tell if someone's genuine. I could feel it, but this brother was just, Phew. he said, man, I just, I got thinking about the loss and I just, I wept and I wept and I got on the floor and I was crying. Most of us ain't even thought about nobody else. Our life's good. I got a good job. I got a house. You know, everything's good. I can pay my bills. There's people right in your neighborhood. Maybe next door don't know the love of Jesus
1: Christ.
0: Just because there's all these churches here, that's a, that's a fake facade. There's lost people everywhere here. amen. You know, yeah, I thought when I moved here, I was going to hear, I go to this church, I go to that church, I go to this church, I go to that church. I can tell you. Sheldon will tell you. We went door to door. I thought we were going to hear that eight out of ten times. We probably heard it two out of ten, right Sheldon? Probably. Fair enough, yeah. So, there's all these people. There's all this opportunity. You just got to step through the door. You don't have to do anything. God will do the rest. You just got to be willing. Amen. There's such a difference when I do something in my power or I do something in his power. And it all comes down to an intention. Why am I doing it? And that usually determines whether it's his power or my power, Right. When I go out in the mornings and I you know I go out in the community and Sheldon Kind of told you I go everywhere and talk to everybody, but um, I try to and I and this is something I noticed when I leave the house, could God send somebody in my life today that, that I can be a blessing to, that I can help, that I can stir up something in their life, you know, I say a little prayer and I go. And I notice the days that I forget it. Amen. The days that I forget that and I'm not in submission. I'm just out there walking around. I'm serious. The first day I prayed that prayer, you know, people think, oh, because, you know, he talks to a lot of people. He's winning people. Let me tell you something. Winning somebody to, to, to the Lord, that's God's business.
1: Amen.
0: Telling somebody about God and what his risen son is your business. Amen. And we need to get away from that. How many people you don't want to? I'm going to tell you something. I've been doing this for a while. Going, to, You know how many thousands of people I've probably talked to? One person have I met, brought along and one to the Lord. One, and if the next forty years that's the only one is worth it. That's
1: right. Amen.
0: Because guess what? He's not going to die in hell. That's right. Amen. 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 I'm hoping he's going to send some more. <laughs> I'm like, come on, Holy Spirit, you know. But that's not our business. Our job is to cast the seed, right? Sheldon, how are we doing? Mm-hmm. okay, okay. okay. Since, since we since we got a little bit of time let's go to that let's uh i didn't know whether i was going to go to that or not but let's go to uh, uh the sower let's go to the matthew 13. i think it's matthew 13 1 through 9. Well, let's just read that what god says about sowing the seeds Yeah. told them another parable. You know, God, Jesus spoke to them in, in parables. Give something to think about. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, the weeds also appeared. The owner's servant came in him and said, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servant asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them? No, he answered, because while you're pulling weeds, you may also be pulling up root, the wheat, with them that both grow together until harvest. At that time, I will gather the harvest, first collecting weeds and tying them in bundles and burying them, gathering them wheat and bring them into my barn. It's not exactly where I wanted to be, but... Um, you know, when we're out there casting seeds, basically this, the, the parable was, if you cast seeds, sometimes it's gonna fall on hard ground, right? I've thrown a bunch of seed on hard ground. I've I've thrown a lot of seeds, and and something's came and blown it away. And I start thinking, what can I do to make sure I just plant in good ground? You can't. You've got to cast seeds everywhere. You're not going to know who you you impacted um, when you impacted someone's life long term. Like, I'm sure Pastor Kerry and Mike and Sheldon these guys has been in the ministry for a while, there's probably, who knows how many people that have came to Christ because of a message or something they said that they don't know nothing about, right? I believe one day we'll know, though, right? I think one day we'll know. And we're about to close, but, you know, when you're going, the one good thing about going as God said that he gave us his authority he said I have all authority That's right. and, and I start thinking all authority wasn't that, mean? that means over everything there's to have authority about yeah. everything yeah. I have authority doesn't do it any good to have power without authority to use Come on. it right. amen Come on. now I might have a pistol and have the power to shoot somebody but my brother back there was in law enforcement If he needed to in enforcing the law, he had the authority and the power given him by the military, by the state. Amen? There's a difference in using power that's authorized. The best part of it all is in closing, he says, he will always be with us. All authority to go. decide. Baptize to teach all authority, and guess what? The whole time he's going to be with you. I love how that, that book ends that. I mean, you know, a lot of times when I'm going to preach something, I preach it straight through. But like today, I couldn't because I said, "Man, you can preach that, but without the authority, even with the authority, and he wasn't with you, it wouldn't work." I just want to challenge you today. To rethink your ministry, your personal ministry, whether that's in your workplace, <coughs> whether it's to your children. And that's a powerful ministry. If you're not poured into your children's lives, and that don't mean you are not going to reject it and go the other way. Amen? Amen. I had it poured into me when I was growing up, force-fed. I was the rebellious sort. <laughs> but when it was time to call on the name of, of the Lord, I knew what to do where would I be if I didn't know if I hadn't had that time if I wouldn't like I say force-fed like I was where would I be right now I do believe at that moment I made the choice I was at a crossroads in life and I'm telling you the Holy Spirit put on me said okay you either go this way or go this way and if you go this way I'm tell, okay. I'm gonna provide for you I'm gonna work it out it was that clear to me whenever I made that choice it was absolutely clear what was gonna happen it's like, hmm, you choose I've let you play around with this decision long enough and I know the moment I was in despair and I called out and I know everybody's conversion experience is different but the moment I called out I was changed I had a supernatural experience yeah. the Holy Spirit came on me and I was like whoa this is what they were talking about you can't know until you know I couldn't get it. I want to know. I want to know about it. You can't know until you've experienced it. It's an experiential thing. I just want to thank you guys for all coming out, and um, it means a lot to me that you guys all showed up. Um, I did my best. I hope my message was clear. Um, I really, really love the Lord. The Lord's really changed my life, and he's continuing to change it. He's dealing with different things in different seasons. There was a lot to weed out. <laughs> huh? Amen.
1: <laughs>
0: and, you know, that's the beautiful thing about this church and this ministry. You don't think some of these guys still see elements in my life that I need to correct? They know I know it, and they're letting the Holy Spirit deal with me one at a time. Thank goodness he took a bulk of it, though. Whew. Now it's one at a time. One at a time. I'll be there in 30, 40 years, brother. (laughs) Don't worry. I promise. Okay? Let us pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for letting us gather here today, Lord. I'm just asking that you would send your Holy Spirit to comfort everyone as they leave here, Lord God. If there's somebody here that doesn't know the Lord, doesn't know your son is their personal savior you know we're not gonna we don't want to embarrass them lord let's just if they have that calling on their heart get with some somebody after church and talk to them it's something we can discuss lord and then i want to thank you for just what you've done in my life what you continue to do lord your protection over my family and my child and protection over this ministry and this church and sending godly men and women into my life that i could look to lord It's just been such a blessing to see my friends out here and people that I love and care about in my new life, not my old life. If I'd have asked my friends, Lord, in my old life, I'd have had two people show up maybe. Amen? So thank you, Jesus, for everything you've done. In Jesus' name,
1: amen. Amen.